Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Pastor Robert and Laura have successfully made it to Hawaii. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My name is Tracy Hillis. I've been going here for a long, long time, and I'm honored to be standing here to bring you the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for your power and your presence. I thank you that we don't have to lean and rely on ourselves, Lord. We can lean and rely on you and know that as we are grafted into the vine, Lord, it's not us, but it's you flowing through us. And so I just thank you for the word that is going to flow into our hearts tonight. Lord, I just thank you. You are faithful. And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to share your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have all this stuff written down, and the Lord's been speaking to me. But as I was standing back there, he he gave me a story to tell you guys, So, and I'm, an, I'm glad my husband's here tonight because I'm probably going to need his help. But um, he's got an airplane, and he's been flying it. He finally got his private pilot's license, so I can fly with him now, which is terrifying to me. But, I've, but I am determined that I'm not going to let fear keep me from doing anything. Fear will not keep me back. And so one of the things that um, I was determined to do was I'm going to go fly with my husband. So... He's got this really, he has to fly visually. He doesn't, he doesn't fly by instruments. He has instruments in his plane, but he flies visually. And so he has this really great uh, app on his iPad that it's called ForeFlight, and it shows you where you're at and where you're going. And so you type in where you want to go, and so I'm, I'm the co-pilot. My hands are sweating just thinking about it. So... So we get in this little plane, and he's got it all plugged in, what we're supposed to do, and he's telling me all this stuff because it's right in front of me. He's over here with his steer, yeah, yoke, and I've got mine in front of me, but it's got this iPad on it, so I'm like, I'm not touching nothing. So he's like, so we've got this checklist we're going to go down, and, and you're going to help me go down this checklist. We're going to make sure everything's checked off, and we've got four flights set up, and it's got this line from where you are to where you're going. And it has a little picture of a plane on it. So cute. I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. This is great. Okay, so we take out the checklist, and we get our seat belts buckled, and we go down this list, go down the list, go down the list, go down the list. So we're ready for take. So we get out there, and he warms up the plane. He gets everything ready. All right, get out the checklist again. We turn the page. There's another checklist. More things you have to check before you take off. So, we, okay, so I'm going da-da-da. Every little thing, boom, boom, boom. So we do it all. It's like, okay, we're ready for takeoff. He looks around, makes sure, I mean, we're flying out of a pasture. Literally. We're on grass. No. It's, it's quite delightful, really. So anyway, we get ready. We take off the first flight, and my heart's, I guess, like pounding out of my chest. But I trust him. I trust my husband. He has been through everything. He already knows what he's doing. He knows how to fly. So I have to trust him and know that he knows what he's doing because if something were to happen I have no idea what I'm doing zero so we get up in the air and we're flying and we're gonna fly we were gonna fly to Fredericksburg but the weather was too crazy so we decided to fly to Uvalde I look on there she's like how far is it to Uvalde I'm like okay I'm looking across this thing what am I looking for I'm looking what am I looking for I don't know what I'm looking for he's like you're looking for nautical miles okay that's cool it's 18 18 nautical miles. I mean, it's going to take us like 15 minutes to get there. And depending on how fast we fly, it's like to Uvalde. I'm like, okay, this is cool. So we fly to Uvalde. It's a little bumpy. 
I'm a little bumpy, but I'm watching this plane go along this line. And he's keeping himself on the line. And so he's noticing, well, we probably need to get to this altitude, and we need to fly a little higher because of cell towers and different things like this. And so I'm just like, okay, this is a lot of information to take in. So we get close to where we're, we're fixing to be, and he uh, radios in and lets them know that he's coming in. He lets them know the number of his plane and that he's going to be coming in. He's going to be landing, how far away we are, all these different details. But the plane keeps staying on the line. I'm like, this is awesome. How? This is so great. You're staying right on the line. And he's like, well, I have it all plugged in. So he starts explaining it to me. And so we finally get to Uvalde, a beautiful landing. We go in. There's a little cute little place. We go in and have breakfast. It was so delightful. And then the wind starts blowing. Like I'm looking out there and the flag is going. And then the little sock out there on the finger is going. I'm like, okay. Can we hang out here for a while? I have friends in Uvalde. I think we can go shopping and have lunch and watch that flag. <laughs> He's like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's, it's not a big deal. <sighs> pounding, pounding heart. But I trust him. I trust him. He's done this. He's flown out of that. That's where he got, his, that's where he got most of his lessons is going to Uvalde. And so he did that. So this morning when I was thinking about what the Lord has been speaking to me about for a couple of weeks, it was believing and being a believer and what that actually means. And when you're a believer, you have to believe in something. To believe means to be firm, stable, established, to be firmly persuaded, to believe in solidly. So whenever we get back in the plane, it, the, the wind hadn't really died down. It was just like he was trying to say, it's going to be okay. And I'm looking at that sock and it's going... <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just breathing, Tracy, breathing. He just, do all this. Let's go through the checklist. Let's do all the same thing that we did when we took off the before. We're going to do it again. So we just radioing in, telling him we're fixing to take off, all this stuff. So we take off, get up in the air. It's bumpy getting up through all this stuff. And we finally get up, and it's like, okay, we did it. We did it. But my heart was still racing about it. So we get to Utopia. We have a beautiful landing. Everything's beautiful. Okay. Okay, good, I did it. I overcame it. I overcame my fear. I'm a believer. <laughs> but I'm not firmly persuaded that I want to do it again. <laughs> but it really made my husband happy that I went with him. So I said, how about the next time you have a really good day and it looks like it's going to be smooth and it's going to be a really fun time, let's, I'll go again. So guess what, the next weekend, he's like, Today is the day. It's perfect. we got to get out there at 8.30. We need to be flying by 8.30. I'm like, it kind of looks like the wind's blowing. He's like, no, no, it's perfect up there. It's perfect. I'm like, but we have to get up there. He's like, just come on and be my co-pilot. It's going to be fine. We're going to fly. Okay, so same thing goes. Exactly the same thing. We do exactly every single step the same way. We go through the checklist when we get inside the plane. We go through the checklist when we get to the runway. He does all these little tweaks and turns and everything and powers it and oh it's just all this stuff and it's like okay go down the list make sure you don't miss a line everything's checked off yes we got this okay I'm a believer I believe in him I know he can do this so here we go we take off beautiful takeoff we get up in the air oh my gosh it's beautiful smooth it was like we were on ice it was the mountains were alive with 
the beautiful colors of fall. I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder they call this the hill country. Look at all these beautiful hills. And we were going to Fredericksburg. Beautiful, right? It was fabulous. So we get close to Fredericksburg, and there's a Kerrville airport that you have to go by. Well, you start hearing all these pilots talking to each other, and there's no towers at these airports. It's just you guys talking to each other. That's it. I'm like, well, how do they know where we are, and how do we know where they are? And it's like, well, that's what we keep, that's what we keep talking. We keep telling them about how far we are. He's like, keep looking for planes. <sighs> I'm looking. I mean, I've got my eyes peeled. Do I need binoculars? He's like, no, no. He said, you'll see them. They'll kind of flash in the sun. Okay. So there's all these planes are deciding to go into Fredericksburg. I mean, because it's a, they have a little diner there. It's a really nice little diner there at the airport. And all these little planes are flying in to have breakfast that morning. So we hear all these different planes are calling and saying where they are and that they're flying into Gillespie County. Gillespie County, whatever the number is, blah, blah, blah. And then we're two miles out. And then so Dwayne's calling in. He's letting him know where we are. We're, we're coming in. And so one of the guys that was there says, welcome to Oshkosh. Because that's, you know, a famous place in Wisconsin where there's lots of airplanes. And so we get there. And how many planes would you say were there? <laughs> so anyway, we see this plane. He's like, oh, there it is. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, there's one. <laughs> well, we heard like five of them talking. So here they are all. Everyone's trying to land and get in there and get in for breakfast. So anyway, it was a great he made a great landing. We got in. We, we landed. We go in, visit with people. I mean, just delightful. So then we have to take off again. <sighs> so I'm sitting there. We're having breakfast. It's wonderful. I'm, I love Fredericksburg. You know, maybe we can go to Fredericksburg. We can go shopping. It's a great town to go shopping. I have friends in Fredericksburg. And they can come pick us up. And we can go. And anyway, he, we're just sitting there visiting about all the different stuff that's going on with the uh, airplanes and friends who have airplanes and flying airplanes. So anyway, then it's time to go back out. So we go back out and we watch all these different planes. There's the biggest planes. Was, a, was there a Learjet there? Some kind of big jet. And then this tiny little plane that could barely hold two teenagers, literally. It was so tiny. And then there was one that looked like a, like a jet. Like It was like it had a propeller in the back. So when I got home that next morning, we flew, everything was fine. It was a beautiful flight. It was, it was great. The next morning, and the Lord was speaking to me, he says, you know how you trusted your husband? You trusted him through that whole thing, even though you were scared to death. Yep. He's like, could you do it again? I'm like, yes, I could do it again. Why? Because, you, because I trust him. He's like, that's how I want you to feel about me. He's like, I ask you to do things that you're afraid of because I want you to trust me. I want you to inspire and empower people because you trust me, because it's not about you. You couldn't have flown that plane. You can't do what I call you to do, because if you did, it wouldn't be me. So this morning, today I had Easton, my two-year-old grandson, his parents were desperately begging me to give him a haircut. Well, have you ever tried to give a haircut to a two-year-old? It's like giving a haircut to a cat. So I said, Easton, Lovey's going to give you a haircut. We're going to go to my bathroom. I'm explaining it all to him like he was 16. We're going to go to my bathroom. You're going to sit on my counter. We're going to watch something on the video, and Lovey's going to cut your hair. No. Yes, we are. We're, we're going to do this. So I take him in the bathroom. 
And I put it on videos, and I put it on like a fun little cartoon video, and he was not interested in that at all. He was interested in what I was doing, and every time I'd go to grab his hair, he was like doing this, and it's like, oh my God, this is going to take all day. We got this. I'm just trying to stay calm. I'm like, okay, look, I'm going to, I got you a little candy bar right here, candy bar right here, and as soon as Lovey's done, you're going to get the candy bar, okay? Just let me finish cutting your hair. No. No. Okay. Let's watch airplane videos. That's what he calls his grandpa. I'm like, yeah, let's watch Heavy's, let's watch Heavy's airplane videos. <sighs> okay. So anyway, I get the videos going on the on my iPhone, and he's just is like oh, enamored with it. He's just watching the airplanes the whole time. I'm just like, quack, 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 quack. So anyway, it goes to this video of this little boy who's probably eight, nine years old, and he's sitting in the pilot's seat, and there's this guy about Dwayne's age sitting in the in the co-pilot seat and he's talking to this young man about flying the airplane and he says okay you ready to fly yes sir he's got his headphones on he says okay this is what we're going to do I mean eight or nine years old he is instructing this young man every single detail verbally what to do so that he can fly this plane and and I've just done, I'm not I'm not cutting here anymore I'm just watching this video going he's got this he's gonna let this kid fly this plane but this little boy was so in tune with what this guy was saying that every detail, he says, he says have you ever driven a car? You ever get to drive your mom's car? But you got like, a, got like a Mercedes? He's like, no, I think we have a Honda. He's like, have you ever driven it? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you know how you have to kind of just gently press on the gas or it's going like, to take off? He's like, well, this, he just gives him every little detail about flying this plane. So as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's like this whole thing is going off in my head. It's like he's listening to the voice of the instructor. He's listening to the voice of the instructor, and every little detail that he tells him, he doesn't ignore one thing he says. And the Lord's like, hmm. I hear this, hmm. Hmm. I'm like, oh, God, I'm getting convicted watching an airplane video. Jesus. So then Easton goes down for his nap, and the Lord speak talking to me, and he says, I want you to think about all of the people in the Bible. Just start in the New Testament. Just start thinking about them and what I call them to do and how specific I was. Think about Noah. It had never even rained, and he asked him to build a boat that was larger than anything that anybody had ever seen in the specific detail of what it needed. And he did it to the very specification because his life depended on it. And you just look at Abraham. He believed God when God told him. And the thing that's so crazy is that God came to them. You understand me? They didn't go searching God. God came to him and he said, Noah, I need you to build a boat. And I want you and your sons and your daughters and your wife, you're the only ones that are going to survive this whole thing. I need you. I need you to do this. When, when Abraham was a rock worshiper, his daddy was on the way to a certain destination, and he stopped. And God spoke. God came to Abraham. He came to him. And he says, look, I need you to move on. I want you to leave your family, and I want you to go to a place that I'm calling you to. I've got a plan for you. But he had to do it. He had to pick up where he was, and he had to go where God was calling him to go. And a lot of times we get so comfortable, and I think that's what happened with his, with his daddy, because I think his dad, I think it says in here, 
Let me just look at it real quick. In Genesis, I haven't even told y'all to go to the Bible yet. Open your Bibles this, tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, let's see. In, in Genesis 11, let's see, um, at the very end of 11, verse 31, it says, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Now, where were they going? Where was he headed? He was headed to the land of Canaan, right? And they came to Haran and dwelt there. Well, what happened to Canaan? I wonder what stopped him. I wonder if he got disappointed or if he got tired. So the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your father and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I'm gonna, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Say all the families. Say that's me. I'm blessed because of Abraham. Abraham, I like what Jesse Duplantis says, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Je Jesus, and Tracy. We get that blessing of Abraham on our lives because of what Jesus did for us. So when I was thinking about the word of being uh, established and, and being obedient to, to the very details that God's calling us to do, you can go through the Bible and look at every single, I mean, there's every person that's mentioned, like think about Gideon. Gideon was in fear in a wine press, you know, dealing with the wheat, in fear. And God came to him. He wasn't seeking God. He wasn't searching. He was hiding out. And God came to him and he says, hey, dude, you're a mighty man of valor. He's like, are you talking to me? You've got to be kidding me. He's like, no, I've got something for you to do. I've got a plan for your life. But it's bigger than you. And you're going to need me, but I need you to do every detail that I tell you to do. So one of the things, and this message is for me, y'all. Honestly, you're just getting in on it because, you know, in Galatians 6, it says that God's not mocked, that whatever man sows, he will reap. And it says, do not grow weary in doing well. And when you're young and zealous for the Lord, it's easy to not grow weary in doing well. But when you're doing it for 34 years and you've had promises that you haven't seen come to pass, it's easy to get weary. And maybe that's what happened to Abraham's father. Maybe he got weary. Maybe he's like, man, I heard about this land that's flowing with milk and honey and we're going to go there. But somehow something stopped him from going. And I don't know what it was. But I don't want something to stop me from getting to my promised land and from doing everything that God has called me to do. And and doing the every single detail and not leaving something out and not shunning God or not saying, oh gosh, no, I can't do that right now. When I was doing the announcement Sunday, I just look out and kind of just see a sea of faces, you know. Sometimes, it, sometimes the Lord will illuminate somebody to me and, he'll, and he'll have, he'll, he just tells me something. That's what happened Sunday. There was a woman in the congregation and I didn't know who she was and the Lord told me before I went and sat down, I want you to go over here. I want you to go to her and I want you to hug her neck and tell her that I hear her prayers and that he, he hears her prayers and not to quit praying, that he, he answers prayer. Had no idea. And I said, I know this may sound crazy to you, 
but I have to do I have to do what the Lord told me to do. And I hugged her neck and I said, I don't know who you are, but this is what the Lord told me to tell you. And I just hugged her neck and I told her and I said, God bless you. And I went to the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, I got a, a Facebook message from her today and she said, thank you so much. You had no idea how much that meant to me. I needed to hear that. So I want you to know the, the details when you're impressed when, when God's spirit lives on the inside of you, he lives in there. He is co-partnering with you. He is the co-pilot. He, is, he, should be in the, he should be right here, but if he's over here and he's the one who's telling you every little instruction, how you're going to get your plane off the ground, you better listen. You better know every little detail because it matters. It just doesn't matter to you. It may matter to somebody else. It may be the, a matter of life or death to somebody. You don't know. You can't second guess God. Like I've been in the house before and I have had the Lord say, go to town right now. I want you to go to the store. I'm like, I don't need anything at the store. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something right here. I'm arguing with the Lord. I need you to go to the store. I mean like urgent, I need you to go. And I will put it off and I'll put it off. And then it's almost like I feel suffocated. I'm going to the store right now. I jump in my Jeep. I'm like, I'm going to town, and I don't really know why, but I just kind of go through town. It's like, okay, I'm going to the store. So I go into the store, walk through the store. It's like, okay, do I need something here, Lord? Because I don't see anybody. So I go through the store. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab this. Oh, I'm going to grab this. I'm going to grab this. And so I go up to the front, and then in rushes this woman who is frantic, just freaking out. I know her. She's freaking out. I said, wait a second. What's going on here? Hold on. Come here. Come here. I put my arms around her. I just gave her hugs. Take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. What's going on? She tells me what's going on. I'm like, let's, you know what? God's got this. This is not the end of the world. I said, let's look at this in light of eternity. That's what my mom always tells me when something comes along. It's like, let's look at this in light of eternity. Is this going to affect your eternity? Is this going to keep you from going to heaven? Is it going to keep somebody else from going to heaven? No, no, no. I'm like, okay. Well, let's see. I bet God has an answer for this. So let's just commit it to him, okay? Right there in the store. <laughs> it's just so awesome. It's just so awesome. When you allow God to just interrupt your day, and sometimes he interrupts your day and it's just like, it's a pain in the butt, honestly. No, really. I'm like, I just got to be honest with you. It's like, Lord. Jesus said in John 15, 15 and 16, you guys can turn there. This whole thing about God coming to his people, he came to them. And in John 15, 16, it says, uh, I want to read the first part of it. I mean, I know the second part, but I want to read this part to you. I want to make sure I get it right. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. Are you his disciple? Say, so I'm a disciple. Jesus says to his disciples, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. He makes them known to us. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that we love one another. I've done so many things because um, they seem like a good idea. Someone asked me to do it or because I just wanted to do it. But 
when there's no empowerment behind it, when there's no presence of God behind it, when the purpose isn't eternal, there's very little value and very little reward. When God asks you to do something, it always has eternal bearing, and it does have reward, and it may not even be in this lifetime. But what's really cool is that we're not living for this lifetime. Everything that we do for eternity is rewarded sometimes here, but always in eternity. And I think that we focus so much on the here and now that we forget about our eternity, focused on all of this and all of this and not all of this and all of what's on the inside. So I saw the most beautiful video. Did you guys see the little post that I did on Facebook with the little old lady? She reminded me of a precious woman that my mom took care of. Her name was Coley Thomas, and she was a precious woman of God. She loved God with all of her heart. She was a, a lady. I don't. How old was she when she passed away, Mama? 83. But this woman would get up every single morning. She would get up. She would put on her makeup. She would, I mean, she would bathe, and she would put on her makeup, and she would be dressed. When we would go to see her, she would welcome you into her home. She would offer you tea. She would help with the breakfast and the dinner, whatever it was that we were there with. My mom would, was at one of her caretakers, and she was delightful. And when she went to be with the Lord, she literally put her hand in the Lord's hand and went to be with him. I know that with certainty. And she had such a close relationship with him. I just loved her to pieces, and she was like one of my grandmas. But anyway, this woman reminded me of her. Do you think we'll be able to get it up, Logan? I wanted you to see this, and it convicted me, and it made me decide how I wanted to be when I, like right now and as I grow up. So let me know what you think. I looked in the mirror, and what did I see? but a little old lady peering back at me with bags and sags and wrinkles and wispy white hair. And I asked my reflection, how did you get there? You once were straight and vigorous and now you're stooped and weak when I tried so hard to keep you from becoming an antique. My reflection's eyes twinkled and she solemnly replied, you're looking at the gift wrap and not the jewel inside. A living gem and precious of unimagined worth, unique and true, the real you, the only you on earth. The years that spoil your gift wrap with other things more cruel should purify and strengthen and polish up that jewel. So focus your attention on the inside, not the out, on being kinder, wiser, more content, and more devout. Then, when your gift wrap stripped away, your jewel will be set free to radiate God's glory throughout eternity. Is that precious? Is that precious? We're just gift wrapped. That's it. 
But what's on the inside? And what are we cultivating? And what are we doing with that jewel that's on the inside of us that God put there? That I heard a long time ago that an inward experience has an outward expression. So you can know what's happening on the inside of somebody by what the expression is on the outside. And so when you allow the Lord to work on you, no matter how long you've been walking with him, you can say, I've been walking with the Lord for 50 years. Guess what? There's still work to be done on the inside. Amen? Just like with a house that needs to be cleaned, does it ever stay clean? No. It constantly has to be clean. The nooks and the crannies and the places that we forget and we leave out, they constantly need to be kept up. Amen? And so when it says, do not, do not lose heart, do not grow weary in doing well, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. So we have no fainters in here, amen? I know I'm probably preaching to the choir, but really this message is for me, and so I am so excited that you're here to share it with me, and so I just want to pray over you, and then we'll have Lex come up and take up the offering, but I just, Father, I just thank you so much for these beautiful people that are here. Lord, we want you to be in the pilot seat. We want you to give us the direction and the instruction and everything we need for this walk of life for the flights that we take, for everything that we do. We want to be led and guided and controlled by your spirit, Lord. We want you to bind our feet to the paths that you have ordained for us to walk in, for our hands to do the work that you have destined for them to do, God. We just, we want to be the vessels that you have created and called us to be. We don't want to veer to the right or to the left, Lord. We want to be established. We want to be believers, firmly planted, God, in the place where you have us, because you said that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the house of their God. So I thank you for all these flourishing, beautiful people that are here, and I ask you to bless them. I ask you to keep them as they go home tonight and keep them safe and just let your word penetrate and speak to their hearts and give them their own beautiful revelations of how you see them and who they are in your eyes, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.